welcome to Land Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview breakout sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, we hear from Ohio State's head football coach Ryan Day, co-defensive coordinator Jeff Halfley, and starting quarterback Justin Fields as they prepare for the 2019 Big Ten Football Championship game in Indianapolis this weekend. For the second time this season, the number one Ohio State Buckeyes will be taking on the Wisconsin Badgers. This time they come into the game as the eighth-ranked team in the college football playoff rankings. In their press conference interviews on Tuesday, December 3rd, the three Buckeyes discussed the upcoming championship game, what might lie ahead in the college football playoffs, and everything that happened in the game in Ann Arbor on Saturday. Before we get to that audio, if you're finding this episode on our website, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get all of the unique, varied perspectives that you will only hear from Land Grant Holy Land. So, now that we've got that out of the way, up first is Ryan Day. Front row left, uh, Mitch. Ryan, can you just describe your thoughts and feelings in that um, when you saw Justin go down in the third quarter and not get up immediately? Um, yeah, I was kind of kind of numb at that point, I think, you know, and just trying to figure out what we we're going to do uh, if he wasn't able to play for the rest of the game and trying to come up with solutions to the issue. Um, and then, you know, went up to him and kind of asked him what he thought. And he looked up and said, just put a brace on it. I'll be fine. You know, it just blew me away, you know, after looking at the, the shot he took and, and how tough he was, and then come back to make a play like that was one of the coolest things I've been a part of. Uh, right behind him, Art, second row. Hey, uh, Ryan, I know this is your first go-around through this whole thing, but the month of December is kind of a hectic time because if you're presumably in the playoff, you're playing a game on the 28th, and early signing period is like 10 days before that. I'm wondering... Does having a full class right now give you any advantage over some of the other teams you might be facing just because the class is basically full? And how do you man- plan to manage your time as a first-year head coach because this is a very intense month for just your future and, of course, the games you're playing? Yeah, I mean, the last couple of uh, years we've had the same uh, issue, so been a part of that and seen you know, what the blueprint is for that. But uh, it certainly is a challenge because we have so many mid-year guys coming in and we only have one week out on the road, really only four days. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be a bear. Try to get out there and see everybody and get all that done. So, um, you know, Mark's working hard on it. We're trying to get all the plans together to make sure we maximize all the time because there's also, you know, some other events going on during that week. So, um, you know, it'll be it'll be a race. What is the blueprint? Well, just the fact that, you know, you have to that first week, make sure you do a good job getting out there and recruiting and then figuring out, um, you know, what, what bowl game you're in and then manage, managing your time and organizing the practices that you're ready to roll. And there's a situation where, depending on how things shake out on Sunday, they're going to ask you and uh, your higher-ups about, like, where you prefer. Does recruiting ever come into what site you prefer in terms of destination-wise? Does recruiting ever play a part in that in terms of prospects you want, prospects you need? Right. You see what uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't even have time right now to think about any of that. It's all about trying to win this game. And then, um, you know, once if, if we get to that point, we'll kind of cross that bridge as we get there. And that's, you know, a good question for, for the administration and Gene right now because it's just trying to get a first down against, you know, Wisconsin right now. Ryan, kind of going off of Mitch's question, uh, Justin Fields is such a good runner, uh, but you obviously cannot afford to lose him. Just how difficult of a balance is that to walk as a play caller? I mean, you uh, you do everything you can to 
uh, be successful, you know that you have to win games and it's a must. And so you do the things that put your put your guys in the best posi- position to be successful schematically. And uh, but then you also understand that, that there's risk to it, and you try to do the best you can to risk reward it. Um, and uh, you know it's good to, to know that he's so tough and he can handle that stuff. But there's certainly risk that comes with it. What about Jonathan Cooper as well? I know the plans for him to redshirt, but if you guys happen to get banged up at defensive end, let's say you're in a national semifinal game in the playoffs or a national championship game, might you use him? And would it be his call? Just what might occur there? Could the plan change? Uh, the plan won't change. No. Um, if if left up to him, he probably would because he's so competitive and he loves his teammates. But uh, but that's something that you know the coaches have to get in front of and make sure that no, we don't do that. You know, he deserves to play a full senior year, and I know he wants to and. Uh, he was conflicted on what to do in, in the situation, but um, you know we think it's the best thing to just hold tight and give him another year. Coach, you look at Wisconsin. I mean, you, you hear people say it's hard to beat a team twice in the same year. You buy into that, and, and what do you see when you look at them? How much tougher will it be this time around? Yeah, it'll be really tough. Um, you know, it is. It's um, you know, and, and so much of the is the situation and when you played them and everything like that, but. But this is a very, very well-coached team. And Coach Chris, I think, is one of the best coaches, not only in the conference, but in the country. And you look at what he's done and how many times he's been to this game and the staff, they do a great job. And uh, they're very, very well-coached. And I think they've gotten better as the season's going on. So, yeah, it's going to be a big challenge. And, and it's going to be hard. It's going to go all the way to the fourth quarter. And uh, so we need to have a great week of practice here. Weather was a factor the first time uh, in, you know, in December, anything can happen. You're going to be indoors. You walk a mat. Yeah, I mean, the, the the situation is the same for both sides. It was in the first game. It will be in the second game. I will say that it's it's nice to uh, be playing indoors, though, after the last four weeks of kind of tough weather. Um, but, but yeah, it'll be the same for both sides. So I don't think there's an advantage on either end. After what you said to me before you got on the bus the other day and just sort of going through that experience in this in that game, do you feel – I know the pressure never relents, but do you feel – Lighter. I mean, do you was a weight lifted off of your shoulders after winning that game. You said we had to win. We had to win. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no if and or buts. You know, people say, you know, uh, you know, what, what if you, what if you don't win the game? You know, you know, there's no choice. You have to win the game. You don't have a choice when you're a Buckeye. You have to win that game. And so, yeah, there's a lot that came with that. And, and after that game, it, um, there, there was a sigh of relief, but that didn't last long. You know, once we. We crossed the border back into Ohio. It was on to the next game, and, and that's got to be the focus here. And so the message has been to the team that, you know, the end of the first race is, is coming on Saturday night at 8 o'clock, and we have to accelerate through that, that finish line. And as much as, you know, as much as these games have been emotional and they've been emotional wins and they've been big wins, they don't mean anything if we don't win this game. And, and uh, that's what's great about playing like this in this format. You know, the games get bigger as the season goes on, and uh, we got to do a great job preparing again this week. Ryan, Chase has a couple times mentioned frustration with plays where he, he feels like he's getting held a lot. Have you guys at any time sent tape in to the Big Ten to review the way he's being blocked at times? Yeah, we uh, you know we, we do that as kind of a regular basis to send things in and you know get some back and forth with Bill Carroll and, and, and the uh, you know the staff there and uh, you know sometimes we agree on things, sometimes we don't, but um, you know uh, it's you know kind of part of the game, the back and forth there and. Uh, I thought they did a good job with some of the things they did schematically. And, uh, you know, you kind of go back and forth with it. But uh, but I, I think the referees do a good job. And, um, you know, they, they can't catch them all. And then they're honest. And there's great feedback there. And, and uh, I think they're very professional in how they go about their business. And so Chase has been up front as well that all he wants is the team to win. 
I know you guys would like to have him get more sacks. When he goes through a game like Saturday and he doesn't have one, does that surprise the coaching staff? Did you guys still see the impact you wanted on tape? Uh, what did you think about him Saturday? Yeah, no, I thought he played good. I thought they did a good job on some of the things they did later on. Uh, when things changed up a little bit, he got a great hurry uh, on Patterson. Uh, really had an impact on the on the second half, in my opinion. I mean, he he, he took a shot right there, and those add up over time. And um, and again, his presence matters. So, although sometimes maybe it doesn't mean he's getting sacks or, or uh, TFLs. When you know two or three guys, you know, get the attention of him, that opens up things for other guys. And so, you know, Coop getting a sack, um, you know, on that max protection where the whole line was sliding his way. I mean, that's part of the impact that Chase has on the game. Third row, right, Rob. Um, you said you have to win them all, but there's talk out there today that you don't have to win Saturday and make the playoff. There seems to be that kind of speculation going on. Your response to that, um, and then secondly. Um, I think you've said this before, some variation of this. Are you a big believer in conference champs should make it or not? Or is that in an expanded playoff or with four? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, all I know is we're just we, – we have to go win this game, you know, for a lot of reasons. And uh, the Big Ten championship game is one of our goals uh, year in and year out. And so that, that's just the focus. And, and starting, to, again, for me to speculate on all those things at this point right now doesn't really matter. You know, I know we got a great team, and we, you know, we, we just have to win this weekend, and then everything will take care of itself if we do that and focus on that. Because other, the other speculation or talk or what if scenarios for us, for me, doesn't it doesn't do us any good right now. So, again, just focus on that finish line. So, really, winning the conference is is that a requirement? I think should be for you. Or? I mean, for this team right now, it is. Yeah. Uh, second row, right, Tony. Right. Uh, after the Michigan game, after the win, did you feel more relief or happiness? Relief. Yeah, it wasn't even close. I didn't know what I would feel, but it was it was absolutely relief, yeah. Um, to say that I didn't internalize a lot of emotions that week and leading up to that game would, would not be accurate. Um, a lot went into that. And it's not just me. It's my family. It's the staff. It's this team. There's just so much that goes into that. And um, Jeff Halfley uh, – you know, he said to me the next morning, he said, imagine walking in the woody with all the signage that's up on the walls and not winning that game and having to walk by it for 365 days and not winning that game. I said, I know, I don't even know what that'd be like. And so, yeah, there's there's so much that goes into that. We play it year round. And um, so to get that win the way we did means a lot. And then you mentioned you've played um, opponents twice in the NFL. What kind of insight or does that give you an advantage or does it almost hamper you because you, you have so much information? I think it just it's how you handle it. And finding that right balance of, of wrinkles, but then also the things that our guys can play well, and so they can play with a clear mind. Because in the end, games like this, it comes down to players uh, again, you know, not plays, but at the same, you know, but you you also don't want to get out out schemed, and so giving them a good clean plan with enough wrinkles uh, is a critical. Uh, it's one year ago tomorrow that you were named head coach. Um, your hair has not turned gray, as far as I can see. Uh, can you reflect on what this year has been like for you? Um, the season's gone great, but what's it been like for you? Again, I, I, I mentioned this early on. I really didn't want to reflect on this until we get through that finish line because I just don't think that that's the right thing to do at this point right now. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to reflecting on it and everything that's been that's gone on this year, but I don't think now's the time. I just really want to you know, get this team ready and, and get the coaching staff ready to go win this game. And Ohio State can win an outright Big Ten championship for the third straight year. It's the first time it's happened. It's a lot of shared 
But what would that mean to the program to do this three years in a row? I think it'd be huge. I think it'd be huge. And um, to go in this thing undefeated um, would say a lot about our team. And, you know, the last couple of years, you know, there's been that that uh, trip up along the way. And, and then, you know, we had to rally to go win that. And I thought that said a lot about the character of the programs both the last two years. This one's a little bit different. And, you know, now it's more about this. Can we sustain this level of play throughout the throughout this regular season and now into this championship season? So um, that's the challenge. And that's something that we've been focused on week in and week out. And um, now here, here we go. You know, this is this is, you know, head towards that finish line, the last, you know, uh, home stretch. And then and then after we get done with that, we, look, we come up for air and figure out what's next. But um, all our eyes are on that finish line. Beat, it, beat the team pretty convincingly the last time you played them. So, like, why would it be tougher, I guess, the second time around when you beat the team convincingly to beat them a second time? Well, they they, they kicked kicked our tails the first half on offense. Uh, I thought defense played good, but, uh, you know, we, we didn't do very good on offense. So uh, it, it was a close game, and, and uh, it was 10, uh, I guess, 10-7, right, at, at one point in, in the third, and uh, they blocked the punt. And, I mean, that's a good team. So, uh, you know, we kind of pulled away there at the end, but that was a that was a tough game, and, and we know it's going to be the same way. And they've they've done some different things here, and they've made adjustments, and they've adapted as the season's gone on. So uh, this is going to be a tough game now. Uh, third row left, Dan. Ryan, it's the time of a year where coaching jobs around the country start to open up, and there's a lot of speculation about who could be candidates for what. Just asking hypothetically, if one of your coaches were to come with you with an opportunity they'd be interested in right now. How do you handle that in terms of balancing this focus you're trying to keep on the Big Ten Championship and allowing those guys to pursue those things? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, one of the reasons that you come here um, is to be a part of this special family, but it also opens up opportunities for you down the road, and I think that that's healthy, and and it's good for families, and and I support that. And so, um, you know, the one thing I'd ask is, you know, to those guys, if that situation were to come up, is just – Make sure we finish through this finish line first. You know, we we made a commitment to these guys, um, and so you know most most people who are looking for for uh, you know coaches at this time would understand that what that means. And um, you know, we got a lot of guys who want to be here, so I don't expect any changes or any of that to come up. But uh, it's part of the profession. Uh, front row left. No? Um, the, the recruiting question you're getting for when you're. Uh, when maybe what you're doing recruiting-wise, like next week, is somewhat limited because, hey, like we might be trying to win a national championship, isn't that a good pitch too? Like, hey, if we're not seeing you as much, we're kind of busy doing this thing. Does win? How much does winning sell in recruiting? Like oh, that? I think it's huge because like, this week everybody's on the road. We're not. And uh, even talking to recruits this week and last night, you know, I said, you know, I apologize. We're not going to be able to see you this week. And uh, almost everyone uh, to a person said, no, it's a good problem to have, coach. We're glad you're we're glad you're playing in that championship game. We get it. And that's why you put so much work into recruiting leading up to this point. You know, we recruit these kids so early on that the relationships are there. And then we'll do everything we can next week to get out there and hustle around and see these guys. But, um, but yeah, I mean, certainly being in this spot is uh, huge credibility in recruiting. Um, what you guys did against Michigan the past two years, what you did offensively last year, what you're doing offensively this year. We know the defensive improvement is such a big part of why this team is so good. But with, with what you've done offensively since you've been here, do you have to do that to be great in college football now? Do you the pressure that your offense can put on opponents? We got to find a way to score with these guys somehow. Not just to be good on offense, but to be a team that has a chance to win it all. Must you be great and dynamic and high flying in offense these days? Well, I think it definitely helps. Um, I think it's important 
when you start playing in games like this to play complementary football. And I think if you look back at this game, there were times where, you know, early on, you know, they were moving the ball on us pretty good, but we were going shot for shot. And then, uh, you know, they held them to some, uh, they held them to a field goal. They got a turnover in the red zone. We're scoring. And then, and then we go up a couple scores. They have to start throwing it more. And now it's advantage us. And there wasn't the, the 50 50 mix. And I think when you play complementary football like that, it really helps. Um, you know, if, if you're dominant on one side of the ball, you know, you set yourself up, um, you know, for getting beat if you're not on both sides of the ball. But, uh, you know, if you if you want to, you know, make a run at this thing, like you said, you have to be great. And and that's the focus. And, and uh, so it's only good if you continue to do it week in and week out. So you, know, you come out and lay an egg, then you put yourself at risk. Um, so I think not only on offense, but it's, it's important to be in all three phases. And um, I know you're you're not able to reflect on stuff while you're in the heart of it, but when you see your players and maybe your players with their families, like for instance, when they're coming out, you guys are coming out of the stadium in Michigan on Saturday, and everybody's there with their parents. And can you appreciate that? That like when this is like living history of Ohio State right now, this era of Ohio State football and beating Michigan like this, and what you guys are doing. What do you think when you see those players and those families? being part of this Ohio State era? Um, it, it, that's hard to explain. And when I see it, it's it's as good of a feeling as you could possibly have as a person. And uh, to think about the time that we put into this thing, to see that, and then quickly to think about what this means in the history and tradition of this game and look at really what's gone on the last couple of years in this game, it's very, very humbling. Um, Again, now is not the time to think about that. And the minute I start thinking about that, we go right back to to focusing on what's going on right now. And I think there's time to sit back on that. But uh, yeah, when you when you look at what's been done in the past and what's been done this past year and the year before in that game, it's it's very humbling. And right behind it, Bill. Right. <clears throat> you said on uh, the conference call you run on Sunday about your three interior offensive linemen. You thought those three guys were maybe the best in the country. I, I know you like all five of your guys, but about those three in particular, Josh, Jonah, and, and Wyatt, what, what makes you say something like that? Well, I just think that they're, uh, first off, uh, their approach to the game is off the charts. They understand stuff. They communicate. They're tough. They're good in the run game. They're good in the pass game. They finish guys. Uh, if, you know, if you follow them around during the game, you know, it's just amazing the stuff that they do and the, the finishes and the knockdowns that they get during the game. And, um, you know, they're the tip of the spear in our offense. And everything goes through those guys. And, and their approach has been off the charts. Um, run game diversity, having yeah. a lot of different stuff in there. How much does the skill set, maybe it's a silly question, the skill set of your offensive line impact that? And when you have three interior guys who, who appear to be very athletic on top of all the other things you just mentioned, how much does that do for your offense? No, it's huge. It's huge because it allows you to do so many things. Um, and and the, their ability, you know, a lot of those guys last year spent a lot of time in pass protection, you know, because that's what we did last year, really. And then now to see the transition into the run game and, and the ability to do both. Uh, that goes to to speak to you know Coach Stud and what they're doing in that offensive line room. Uh, second row middle, Bruce. Uh, you have Justin's been hurt in the last two games. Wisconsin did not score on you in the first half time. First time you played him. Did you give any thought to, or would you give any thought to, not starting him, giving him time to fully heal, seeing where you are at halftime, or sitting him the whole game Saturday? Uh, no, not at all. No, no, he'll be playing, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll use him all sixty minutes. Okay, uh, the other thing I wanted to know on um, Paul Christ, I know you watch film, you're watching defenses, but there's no defense out there unless there's an offense. So do you gather enough scouting defenses, watching Wisconsin, 
that I'd say you're an aggressive play caller and it kind of fits your personality or you always talk about toughness and things like that. I see evidence of how you call plays and the kind of person you appear to be to us. Do you see evidence of him, a play caller personality or anything there, admiration, or what do you see in his style of play calling from the times you run across what they do? Yeah, I, I think, again, I, I got a tremendous amount of respect for Coach Chris and how he does things. He's He has a system, and he allows his kids to play in that system. He's got enough wrinkles to keep you off balance, um, but but what he does, they're just very fundamentally sound. It's just hard to find an inch on them um, because, you know, everything they do is so sound. You know, they're not going to run bad plays into bad looks. They're not going to just, you know, give you the ball and turn it over. Uh, they're, they're, you know, he's been like that ever since he started coaching. And that's why they've been so successful. And, uh, you know, it's he and that, and that whole coaching staff. You know, he put together a great staff there. And in all three phases, they're, they do an excellent job. Last thing here in recent weeks, you've mentioned one time in here and then Sunday on your conference call, you mentioned – where you guys were picked preseason, and it like it kind of frosted you where you were picked. Um, I wonder why, or is it a purposeful mentioning of that at this point in time that you feel like there's a usefulness in it from a motivational standpoint? Like maybe it's just it ticked you off. People didn't have faith in you, or why is it that you seem to be emphasizing that more now? Well, I think I think the only thing that catches me sometimes is that you know early in in uh, the preseason and coming into the season, you know they they didn't think much of us, and then you know we do what we're doing now, and you know a lot of people don't give these kids enough credit, in my opinion, and a lot of people just say, well, they're just very talented. Well, if we're that talented, then why don't you pick us that way early in the season? You know these kids deserve, in my opinion, a lot of credit for what they've done this season, and you know you, you retool the whole defense, you retooled an offensive line, you had a quarterback who had never had a college start walking into the season. And right now we're undefeated going to play for the whole thing. And I think these kids deserve that. And, you know, when I hear, you know, people say, well, they're just talented. No, they're not just talented. This is a this is a team with the, great leaders, great toughness, great chemistry, the way that they're playing with discipline football. There's so much that goes into that. And they've worked really hard to have this opportunity. I think they deserve the credit. So you take the talent label as, as kind of an insult? A little bit. Yeah, when I, when I hear that, you know, I just think it's, it's the same talent that was here early in the season, and, and uh, they had us rank low. So what's what's the difference now? Um, but we do have a lot of talent, and, uh, you know, we have some great players on the team, and they deserve the credit that, that that's coming their way. Front row right. Austin? Awesome. Oh, I'm sorry. Cool. Front row right. I'll yeah. take it. It's okay. You got us mixed up. Is, is part of that, too, though, y'all, y'all had a first-time uh, full-time head coach. There's <laughs> a lot of people had questions about what have you proven yourself to this point, Ryan? I mean, because that's part and parcel to what you're talking about. I don't know about that. It's about the players and his coaching staff, really. I mean, they're, they're the ones who do it all, and uh, it's, it's all about the players. And uh, I do think our coaching staff has done a good job, you know, uh, on defense, putting in the new system. We've had some new pieces to this thing, and, and um, you know, I think the offensive staff has done a good job adapting to a new group and uh, taking on a new identity. I think Matt Barnes has done an excellent job in special teams, and um, but but most importantly, it's the leaders because any great team I've been on, it's 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 player driven, and so you know whether it's the seniors or guys who have been in the program for three and four years, uh, their approach and maturity day in and day out uh, has been the difference. You know, uh, two other quickies. Uh, uh, you, you were talking about that feeling of relief on Saturday when that game was done and, and watching the players and their joy. When did it when did it snap into you that there's a, there's another huge game to play here now? And are you kind of feeling the way, taking your feelings the way you've adjusted and trying to 
portray that to the players? Because, you know, y- y- y'all are kind of part and parcel of the whole thing. Well, that, that happened when we looked uh, coming off the bye week. Um, you know, we said we, we had the, um, the Maryland and Rutgers game, and then we knew we had this run right here. And so we talked about it coming off of that bye week. And uh, when we took that picture, we said, you know, if you, if you, if you beat Penn State, you're going to go play uh, for the Big Ten Championship. And then there's a rivalry game. And so I think they, they have a, a bigger picture of that and perspective of what's going on. And they knew it was going to be three tough, emotional, hard games in a row. And so we're in it. So they knew what to expect. But but now that we're in it, it's just the focus on on the game right now. And uh, so I think they've had some awareness of it. And uh, we'll have a good week of practice. Yeah, you know, I, Archie Griffin was on my podcast this week. But he talked about this, the focus of this team from week to week. I'm not pr- – promoting that, but I'm just saying. The focus of this team from week to week has been has been remarkable. How has it been to you from your vantage point? When when did it become aware when did you become aware that this team could do that? Uh, I think it was gradually over time. I think um you know that uh that, that trip to Nebraska was was a big challenge for us just going on the road and kind of seeing where we were at and uh and then we kinda of hit adversity in the Wisconsin game the first time and then we started to build and build and you know the, the Michigan State game wasn't wasn't perfect, but we kind of worked through that, and um, and then you know uh, the, the the Penn State game was really the big first hard spot we were in where we we didn't we lost the momentum, we had to get it back, top ten you know win there, and then and then I think you know going into the rivalry game, you know playing the way we did, it's just kind of been a gradual. I can't say it's been one moment, but but as as time's gone on, I think we felt more and more confident in who we are. Ryan, obviously the, what Ari said earlier makes sense, having the class almost full with relatively stress-free for the next two weeks in your group. But with all the coaching changes happening around the country, is there any sense of in the future like maybe saying, hey, maybe let's save a few spots towards the end just in case there's guys that maybe re-pop or reopen up on the trail? Like uh, how do you handle that moving forward? No, I don't think it changes anything. You know, I think we have we rank our guys the best we can. And then we find out who want to be Buckeyes, too. That's a huge part of this thing. And so even if we have somebody maybe ranked uh, a little higher than another person, if if one of them wants to be a Buckeye and wants to play in that rivalry game, wants to play in the horseshoe, that matters to us. So we take all those things into consideration. Um, and we try to be as aggressive as we can on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, there are times where we leave spots open just in case to see what happens, uh, to your point. Um, but, you know, we were kind of hot this year, and, and a lot of guys were jumping on board, and we felt great with the guys that we have. Does the transfer portal and all that stuff change that approach? I mean, is there a sense of in the future leaving one or two extra spots maybe than you want to? Yeah, it has changed things for sure. And there's definitely wiggle room in there, and you have to try to forecast the best you can. I know that's that's um, you know a tough thing, but it's just the way it is nowadays. And we certainly uh, you know don't want to see anybody leave. And uh, I think we've built a culture here where nobody would want to leave, but but we always have to forecast. Yeah. Got time for just a few more questions. Uh, front row, uh, middle, Joey. Ryan, uh, your guys' Twitter account this morning had like a graphic with J.K., Chase, Justin, like a Heisman Trophy promotional thing. In the old days, they used to run these elaborate Heisman campaigns. Like Orlando Pace had the pancake sack here. As a head coach, what's your view on just how to promote guys for award? What's appropriate? How much do you push guys for awards, campaign, Heisman campaigns, that sort of thing? Well, I think this year has been unique for a lot of reasons. And I think when you're at Ohio State and you're at such a high-profile place, you know, it kind of speaks for itself. I don't think you have to go out there and uh, do a lot of campaigning when you're playing in a rivalry game with, you know, tens of millions of people watching. You know, you get the chance to, uh, you know, have an unbelievable platform here. Uh, but I think the thing for these guys is uh, 
because of the way the season's played out, maybe they haven't had as many reps or opportunities as some of the other guys in the country, but their efficiency when they've been on the field to me has been the best in the country. You know, I think uh, Joe and, and uh, Jalen Hurts and, and those guys have had unbelievable years. I'm not taking away anything they're done because it's, th- those guys are playing tremendously. But I just think when you think of J.K., Justin, and Chase and all their own uh, moments have had Heisman moments and they deserve to go to New York. Uh, far left, Matt. In addition to you know, what Tim was asking about the emotional pull these last three weeks, physically too, uh, you know, Justin's gotten banged up, secondary and stuff like that. How do you balance preparing for this game and getting the work done you need to versus making sure everybody is as fresh as they can be and healthy? How do you manage it in practice this week to have them ready for Saturday? I think when you're going into this point of the season, you're into December, you got a good idea where guys are at, so I think they have to learn to practice and be smart and uh, limit reps and do a good job mentally in, in a week like this because I think being fresh is critical. Uh, so, you know, the maturity of our team has to show up in a week like this, and uh, you have to be smart. You can't, like you said, you can't just uh, treat it like it was week three of the season where you're you're an inside drill just banging the heck out of each other at this point of the year. Uh, so, it's a lot more mental, and um, I think that's important to be fresh. Uh, and how much do you? value i mean you're playing for a championship this week it's the first thing you can actually win uh this this year i know there's much bigger goals the value of a conference championship to you uh or, and to this program what oh yeah that? yeah huge i mean uh to, to to win this conference is a huge deal and i know it's been done before but we don't take any of that stuff uh for granted for a second i mean there's great teams great coaches and uh it's it's really hard to do and so uh, that's that's our that's one of our goals. I mean, the first goal, as we all know, is to win the rivalry game. But this is a huge goal of ours as well. And uh, if if we uh, win the Big Ten championship, we know that a lot of things have gone well, and we've won a lot of big games. And um, so this is certainly a huge goal for us. And final questions, front row left, Nathan. I think it's kind of another risk management question, but you know, you've talked about Justin's toughness and. Um, and, and you've gotten questions about how you kind of approach play calling with that. But at the same time, do you talk to him at all about how he's approaching playing right now or are the stakes so high right now that you kind of have to just trust the brace and turn it loose? Yeah, we talk. We talk, and he gives me good feedback, and, and we go back and forth about a lot of things like that. Yeah, I think we, you know, we have a, a good relationship and have created uh, a tremendous amount of trust between the two of us to you know, figure out what's right and, uh, like you said, you know, what the plan is for that week. Last week, were there besides him getting medically cleared, if that was even an issue, did you need to see specific things from him during the week to know what he could do on Saturday? Or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just kind of get an idea, like, hey, he's maybe a little banged up, but he's feeling good, so you know, he's full go, and then and we kind of go from there. Up next, we turn to Jeff Halfley. Um, Ryan had mentioned that when you came back to the Woody the day after the beating Michigan, you had said, can you imagine what would it be like looking all the signage, the countdown stuff, all of that, not having won? Right. It sounds to me that you feel the same way that he does, that it was an awful big relief to come away. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would call it a relief. Um it was certainly very emotional after the game. I mean, that whole day and that whole experience was, I mean, a game like that is what you dream about. A game like that is why you want to coach college football. Probably the biggest that I've been around at any level in any stadium. So emotional after for sure. Very happy 
uh, I mean, beyond happy. And then just walking in in the morning, I walk by and you see some of the videos and you see some of, you see the helmets and you see all the signs. And I was just like, wow, I don't even know how I would have done it. And, um, I get it now. You know, I, when I came here, I kind of saw what it was all about, but to be part of that and get, get the first pair of gold pants and to experience it, that's a special moment. Say this, ask this with great respect both to your defense and to Jonathan Taylor. You limited him to 52 yards the first time you saw him. Is it possible to do better than that? Well, I think Jonathan Taylor is a really good player, and if you watch the film after, he's played really well. Their offense in general has, the offensive line has. Um, we'll do the best we can. Our D-line played really well in that game, and um, it's going to take a great effort. It's going to take a good plan, and our guys are going to have to play really hard. It's a good football team, and it's a good offense. Um, I have a feeling I know the answer to this question, so but I got to ask it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> your name has already been mentioned um, for other jobs. What's your What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, my thoughts are I completely understand you asking that question. I get it, um, but I hope you guys all respect. You guys have all been great. Right now, I mean, I'm going into now the next biggest game of my career, and that's really if we could just focus on that, I'd appreciate it. But I, I get it. I get why you asked the question. No disrespect. That's fine. Um, in terms of, of Pete Warner this year, how important has he been to your success as a defense? Really important. I mean, you can see all the different things that he's had to do, and he's been put in some difficult situations lately. Um, his coverage, the way he tackles, the way we can drop him back into the middle of the field in the deep half. He's so versatile, um, and he's so tough, and he loves football, and he's so much fun to be around. And he's been so important to the success of this defense and this whole entire team. Fun to be around. Just he loves ball. He loves being out there. He studies it. He asks really good questions. He's so locked in. I mean, he's a he's a type of guy you dream about coaching. Um, he, it's so important to him, and that makes it fun to be around him. Uh, third row, fourth row left. Andy from the Lantern. Uh, yeah, coach. It seemed from from my view that you guys switched to more man coverage in the second half <clears throat> as opposed to zone. First off, is that true? And then secondly, what, what went into that switch? Um, I think we I think we did a little both. I think you saw us change it up a little bit in the second half, kind of towards the end of the second quarter. They came out in a bunch of different personnel groupings, a bunch of different formations, a bunch of different packages that they hadn't shown. And we really just had to respond to it. Um, so you, you saw you might have saw a little bit more man here and there, but I think if you looked at it, we were pretty balanced towards the end of the half. And then I know this is a question you've been asked quite a bit, at least in a similar fashion of you, but what, what in this secondary allows for that versatility to switch so frequently between man and zone coverage? What allows us to do both? From the players, I'm saying. Well, I think it's, it's kind of how you install it. You teach everybody how they fit in each zone that we run. Um, so it's almost like plug and play, right? I teach you how to play this spot, and now I might put you here, but you're doing the same thing. So that's kind of how we've approached that, if that makes sense. And then with the man coverage stuff, that's been a basis of what we do. So we train that every single day. Uh, I'm sorry, front row middle. Dave? Jeff, uh, halftime adjustments for you guys, in-game adjustments in general seem to have been so good this year. I think Saturday was a good example of that. They had the 250 passing yards, I think, at halftime. Yeah. Second half, I think they were 2 of 24 for less than 50 yards. You guys blitzed a lot. Just how difficult is it to make those in-game adjustments, and how happy are you with the job you guys are doing with that? Well, it's it's all part of the game, right? And I think I mentioned this before. It's it's not so much at halftime. Like, I wish you guys could be down there at halftime with us to see how fast it is. I'm not inviting them, Jerry, but um, when you get down there, like, so, like, and this is, like, probably people don't know. When you get down there, 
they're like, I'm up in the booth, right? And I have to take sometimes a bus, sometimes a golf cart down. And then I sprint like 20 yards to get into the locker room. And then I'm in there. And then it's like, all right, catch my breath because I'm not really in good shape. And then all of a sudden you're talking so fast and you're getting your idea. If you wait to do it, then you have no chance. It's literally in between each series. My head's down. We're talking. Then all of a sudden I hear punt ready. You know, hopefully Ryan extends it and we don't have to, you know, but it's fast and it's throughout the game. It's really not at halftime. So we try to work the game. So it's every series. And then even going into every game, it's what do we think that we're going to do? And then what's our plan for that? What if they do this? What's our plan for that? So you kind of have to have a plan of what could happen. And then as it happens in the game, you better be able to adjust. But again, a credit to the players for being able to so quickly change things. That's It's really credit to them. Sean, um, with Sean out on Saturday, I know you guys were kind of DB by committee with him out. Right. Um, how do you feel like that went? I know Amir played better and better as the game went. Well, one, I, I, um, Amir did do better and better. He got comfortable. And, and I think I mentioned this after the game, like, like that's another reason, like, I love being around these kids and I love college football. Like Amir Reed got his chance on one of the biggest stages of his life in one of the biggest games in college football. And he changed the game and he'll remember that for the rest of his life. And he'll have the confidence now probably to go out and play better and better and better. And to me, just mentioning Amir, that's such a cool moment. Um, Sean being hurt, we did have to switch a few things around. And even throughout the game, we kind of moved things around just to see where guys are comfortable. You got to give Damon Arnett credit. He went in and played a position he really hadn't played. And that was hard for him to do. And he played really well. And then I put him back on the outside. And, you know, we continued to move around. And even Jeff. Um, the one thing about Jeff is – and. It's probably not even noted enough is if you look back to the Penn State game, we put him inside. He hadn't played inside all year. Why did we do that? They had a really good receiver playing inside. So we asked Jeff to do something he hadn't done all year, and he was very successful that day at that. You look forward to the game against the team up north. We moved Jeff around. We put him in positions where we thought they were going to try to throw, throw the football against really good receivers, and he made two really big third-down stops. So, I mean, that just makes me think like a guy like Jeff right now, and you know, you talk about the Heisman, you talk about all these awards. I, I believe Jeff Okuda is the best corner in the country. And as that Thorpe award comes near, Jeff's as talented as any player corner that I've been around. And I'm not taking that away from the other corners, but what Jeff Okuda has done this year, maybe he doesn't have the production because no one's really throwing him the ball, but when they do, they're not catching it. And he's taking guys out of the game. So I can't say enough about the whole DB group in general, but you know I'd be I'd be disappointed if Jeff didn't win that award next week because because I do believe and I wouldn't say this if I didn't mean it I do believe he deserves to win that award. <laughs> Jeff, that was obviously the most that a team had been able to move a ball against you in the first half of a game this year. What kind of sense did you get from your guys? Did you ever? feel like they were getting frustrated or did you feel like they were always confident they were going to be able to turn it they, they didn't flinch and that's that's kind of what we've all been waiting for right because I think that was the first time someone took the opening drive and scored a touchdown on us and they didn't flinch and they just we got on the headsets we talked through things and they went back out and I think we had two stops in a row right I think we had two yeah we did they punted two more times in a row and then they had the next drive but I think it says so much about the players you know not have gone have gone through that for an entire season and then it happened in the biggest game of our season. So, again, credit to the players and the coaches on the staff for, you know, just 
keep punching through. You're going to get punched in the face, and our guys responded, and that was awesome to see. About some of the other guys, Marcus Hooker was another guy you guys played more, kind of yeah. more two safety look. Kind of what made you decide to put him in there in the second half? Honestly, the the way that Hooker has been practicing, and I've said this before, like we practice hard and these guys work. And the way he's been practicing and the way he's been approaching it in the meetings, he deserved to play. And I told him that last week. I said, "It's your time. You've earned it." And it just so happened to be in a really big game. Um, but he had a great couple of weeks of practice. He's really locked in, and he played really well. He almost had a pick. He had a good PBU on the left sideline. He almost he almost went over the top and made the play. So I was really, again, another guy you're just so happy for. That's why that's such a cool experience. Jeff, how would you describe the uh, confidence that Damon plays with? plays with great confidence. In my opinion, he plays with the confidence you need in a great corner. And Damon's another guy. I mean – the guy's played with one hand all year. And I'm not sitting up here today like promoting the DBs. I'm not. But the more you reflect and look back at what some of these guys have done and the work they put in all year, like a guy like Damon, I just appreciate him so much. I mean, he's playing with one hand. And he's getting off blocks with one hand. He saved the touchdown on the right sideline where he got off a block with one hand and made the tackle. So you want to talk about toughness? I mean, that's what this place is all about, like guys like Damon. There have been – you know, he missed one game, and there have been a couple where he's had to come out. Is that just keep what he's dealing with with the wrist? Yeah, it hurts him. I mean, I think every time he probably hits someone with him, it hurts him. And there's times he tells me, hey, you know, I, I can do it. And I'll be like, all right, let's take a few plays off. So Damon's good. It's just he's got to just deal with the pain, and he has. And there's some people that we've all been around that would not have played. So I just, again, I appreciate him. I understand there can be a difference sometimes between statistical production and, and what an impact a player has on a game, but um, this is one of Chase's less statistically impactful games. Was there something that you thought Michigan was doing, especially to take him out, and do you think that's something beneficial for this defense to have experienced? Yeah, I think they did. I think the I think they did a nice job. There were certainly multiple guys on him. Uh, sometimes there were three, um, and they were chipping him with the back, and they were keeping the tight end in on his side, and. You know, it opens up, like I said before, when they have to do that, it opens up opportunities for other players, and that's where we need to take advantage of. So certainly it does help. Did you feel like you were taking advantage of that? I do. I think especially later in the game when uh, I think you guys saw when it became a passing game and they had to throw the ball, we got after them. And that's, you know, you can you can credit a lot of different things for the second half of four for 24, but it, it always goes back to pass rush. That's That's a success there. Was Amir Reeb the one that you guys eventually went to in that spot? Amir had been Amir had been playing that spot in practice. Um, he'd been the backup, and again, a guy that earned it, a guy that works hard, comes to work tough, reliable, um, just waiting his turn, and he deserved it. That's why he was in the game. With how hard he works and prepares, he deserved the moment, and then he made the most of his opportunity. And it's one I hope he'll never forget. Yes, uh, uh, you guys have outscored uh, teams uh, uh, in the conference 436 to 116. How, how much have you been able to, or why do you think you've been able to create that kind of gap with the, with the Big Ten? I think we played really complimentary football, good complimentary football together. I think our offense and defense work well together. Um, we've been fortunate enough to get a bunch of quick three and outs, and then Coach Day scores so fast sometimes where you barely have time to think. And if we can... If we can cause those three and outs and get him the ball quickly, you know, 
he can get defenses on edge and he can score quickly. And that's kind of been effective early on. Not always. There's been some times like we've struggled a little bit and we go back and forth and then we get a good run and he goes at it. I just think it's been a really good balance. I think this team, and a credit to Coach Day, I think this team is very balanced and we work really well together where there's other places that don't, that don't talk about complimentary football, and we do. Um, so that's a credit to Coach Day. From your defensive perspective, how advantageous is it to have, you know, the quarterback and running back um, talent that you guys have had in this recent run at, at Ohio State, uh, you know, over the years? Well, it's very helpful. I mean, anytime you have a good offense, you're probably going to be play, playing better defense. You know, it's um, a lot of times you go up ahead and it turns into a one-dimensional game, right? Um, they're on the field a lot, so it's not like three and out, we're up again, three and out, we're up again. So when you have a good offense and you have the talent like we do on defense, it helps a lot. Uh, front row, uh, right. Jim? Yeah, uh, Jeff, that one little, little rotation y'all did, uh, you know, where y'all got caught in the flip-flop and stuff. <coughs> You're sitting in the press box. Are you screaming at yourself? I mean, what what is going on there on that play? And did did y'all get a little simpler after that or maybe not? Nah, I wouldn't say we got simpler. We kind of stuck to our plan. I mean, I was calm up there during that moment. I saw what happened. I knew what we did wrong. Um I clearly didn't coach it well enough, so I got on the headset, and um, and we fixed it. Um, we've been lucky so far this year. Not lucky, but our guys have done such a good job of not having that happen, and it was just one of those moments. I just wanted the guys to know we're okay. We're, we're going to get scored on. We're, we're going to make mistakes, and they made a play, right? And just we, we just can't let it happen again. When mistakes happen in a game like that, you can't let it happen again, and that was my message to them, and we fixed it. Um, and going forward, hopefully that won't be an issue. And the other thing, uh, you know, going into this game, obviously Chase had a hell of a game against Wisconsin first time around. Y'all know that. They know that and stuff. Uh, and y'all did a great job of moving him up and down the keyboard, so to speak. Uh, how, how do you play that now, knowing that they know some of the – I don't know if tricks is the right word, but uh, some of the matchups y'all tried to generate. How do you play that now? Because, you know, you were in the NFL where you played a team at least twice every year. Uh, how, how do you play that from the, being a little different the second time around? Well, I think every game you evolve a little bit. So I think each game you look at an opponent and they do things differently. Um, but I think when you take as much data as we have and you find out what are they really good at and what do we think they'll do against us, those are the things you really look at. I mean, some defenses are way different than us, so you don't really look at some of those games. Um, so you really got to think. You can't, you can't look at everything because then all of a sudden I won't sleep at all and you'll start seeing ghosts. Right, because there's a lot of tape right now and a lot of plays, so you got to stick to what what you do best. Um, you got to look at what they do best and how you feel they'll attack you, and you got to prepare hard in practice. One of the quickie, uh, J.K. and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you've seen J.K. in practice and watched a little video. I'm sure here you've seen Jonathan Taylor probably in your dreams <laughs> or nightmare. But how do they compare? How do they compare in your opinion? I, I don't. I don't want to compare the two. I think they're both really, really good football players. Um, I've seen J.K. a lot. I can't say enough about him. Again, I'm not like up here promoting guys today, but J.K. is a really good player, and he is an unbelievable person. And you guys probably all know that, which is which makes it all even better because there might not be a better guy. And even being a defensive guy, like I love being around that guy. So not comparing the two, Jonathan Taylor is really good, and we're going to have to play really good to stop him. Jeff, uh, just follow up on – Chase Young, the way they were putting two guys on him and stuff against Michigan, you said it kind of creates opportunities for other guys. So as a coordinator, do you 
is that a situation you don't mind being in if they put two guys on chase? Would you rather have them freed up? I guess how do you kind of – Yeah, we should be one-on-one every single time. But, no, it's – yeah, it can be very beneficial. We have to do a good job of coaching that. If if we see they're doing something to stop them, then we need to do something to counter them. And there's ways to do that. You only have so many guys, right, to block with. So if they take too many and put them over on one side, there's going to be less on the other side. So then we have to – we have to win those battles or we have to create as coaches. So we need to see that in the game and we need to continue to adjust and try to keep people on edge. And final question. Third row right. Rob, from the dispatch. Yeah, real quick, one more on Chase. Was this what they did to him? Was that something they just did better than other teams or did other teams not try that? Why? Teams have tried. Um, And again, I mean, I think Chase had some good rushes in the game as well. It's not like the whole entire game they – completely took chase out because they didn't i mean he had a couple he had a bunch of pressures he had a bunch of tackles and he hit the quarterback um which is another reason i think at the end of that game you guys mentioned like they were like four or 24 or whatever whatever you said we were hitting them we were hitting the quarterback we were hitting the receivers our guys played tough in that game and there were some drops in the end of that game and throwing the ball in the middle of the field against us is not easy because if you catch it you're going to feel it and they felt it, and the quarterback felt it. So I don't want to look at this and say Chase just – I don't think they stopped Chase. I think they felt Chase. And I think at the end of the game, the result of the 4 for 24 had a lot to do with Chase and the rest of the D-line. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see him in this game, and, and hopefully we'll get other opportunities. But I appreciate you guys, and hopefully I'll see you next time. Oh, we got – still last question. Follow-up, follow-up. Ward season. Royals award. What do you know? Congratulations. Thank you. What do you know about it? What does that entail for you? I just, I, uh, I have a lot of respect for college football coaches. Um, it's an honor to be on that list. To me, it's a compliment to our whole entire defensive staff. Um, so I appreciate those who voted. Um, and we'll see what happens. What, what is it? What's the logistical thing? You have to ask Jerry on that one. And then last one. Uh, Sorry, Jerry. No, that's good. I got, I know. I, I got it. <laughs> you want to? Do you want to come? Would you like to come with me? My I, wife I would, would be mad, but I'll carry the briefcase. <laughs> um, it's a long time since Ohio State head coach won coach of the year. Who deserves it? Who deserves head coach of the year? Who deserves it this year? In, your, your in my opinion. Yeah, and why? Why is the important part? Of yeah, one. I think it's Ryan Day, and again, this isn't like Jeff Halfley promotes the world today. Um, first year head coach takes over in a job that, uh, obviously one of the best jobs there is, but first year head coach goes undefeated through the regular season, has some things he has to go through during the season, the way he handled it, the way these players play for him, the way these players care about him. Take out, take out the record. The, the way he treats these players and this staff and the way these players play for him and the way these coaches coach for him. And then combine that with the record. I don't think there's a better coach in the country, and you can debate me on that, but that's how I feel. Coach, we do have one more question. Gosh, Sherry, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just eventually gotta, I gotta go back and watch tape. Yeah, no. we couldn't be a day without a question. <laughs> the you talked a lot about the complementary nature of yes. offense defense together. From your defensive standpoint, how would you describe? the pressure that this offense with the way Ryan and everybody calls it, the talent that this offense has, what's the pressure that they put on a defense every game? 
It's explosive. They can throw it. They can run it. The quarterback can keep it. And they can score really fast. Um, which for – I always talk about eliminating explosives, right? If you try to just eliminate explosives on him, he can also pound you. Um, and he's proven that. And then he's really good in the red zone. He scores a lot of touchdowns in the red zone. And he can get on you fast. And if he gets on you fast, you're in trouble. Because we've seen those 24-point quarters, those 28-point quarters. Um, and that where I think it's complimentary is he scores quick. We hold him to a three and out. They don't have much time to adjust on the sideline. He gets right back out there. He scores quick. If we can go another three and out, that's what I'm always saying. We got to go three and out again. We got to go three and out again. Just keep giving him the ball without them having much time to adjust. That's stressful on defense right there. That's why I think it's complimentary football. So all of a sudden you look up and it's 21 nothing, and you're sitting there and you haven't had time to think of what just hit you. And that's what he does. Another reason he should be the coach of the year. Thanks, Jeff. And finally, we'll hear from starting quarterback and potential Heisman Trophy finalist, Justin Fields. We're going to open up the floor for quarterback Justin Fields for a few minutes. Front row, middle. Dave? Justin, I noticed during the pregame show, uh, Matt Leiner did an interview with you, and he asked you, do you have a chip on your shoulder? Do you play with a chip on your shoulder? And you kind of surprised me. You said, no, I don't play with a chip on my shoulder. Despite being such a big-time recruit, you did have some – naysayers coming into the season. I was kind of surprised to hear that you mm-hmm. don't play with a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be people there's always going to be people that doubt you, so I mean, you just have to get used to it and just don't worry about the outside people, just play your game. So I'm not really worried about what the outside people really have to say. I just go out there and play play the hardest I can. I know you're focused on the game right now, but as you reflect on the regular season you had personally, uh, what goes through your mind? Uh, that um, I still have room to grow, that I still have room to improve, so I'm just going to focus on getting better each and every day. Justin, I know you said last week you had to go through a lot of treatment during the week. Just what are the different things you have to do in terms of taking care of your knee and making sure that you're good to go on Saturday? Um, I just come in every morning, uh, do different exercises uh, with the trainers and the uh, just just try to, I guess, ice it a lot and just, just do different exercises that help strengthen my quad and my knee to, to just get it back right to normal. Is something you think about at all when you're in the game or on the practice field, or do you kind of just block it out of your mind when you're out there? I, mean, I think practice, you have to kind of think about it more because uh, it's not actually the game, but the game, when you're in the game, you can't really think about your knee. You just have to go out there and play your game. Uh, second row left, Stephen from Cleveland.com. Hey, Justin, when you first met Garrett Wilson, like, I guess what were those conversations like? I don't even remember the first time I met Garrett, really. Uh, I don't know if it was like – yeah, I, I have no idea like when the first time I met him, but I mean – Garrett's always been a cool guy. He's always been a, a great football player, so I'm just happy to have him on the team. You said, like, we asked him a couple weeks ago, he said you guys met when you guys were moving in back in January and that there was a moment where you guys were sitting in the back of his parents' car. Like, oh, yeah, that, that actually was the first time we met out now, I remember. But, yeah, I just met his parents um, and got a ride over to the stadium where, we, where I went to go eat with the freshmen. So uh, just talking to him and his parents, uh, I knew he was a great kid, uh, raised, raised by great people, so uh, he was just, just fun to be around. What did you guys talk about? None, 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 really. We're just making conversation, none specific. Front row left. Mitch from the Associated Press. Justin, when you were down on the field in the third quarter uh, and not getting up, can you describe what was going through your mind? Did you 
did your life flash in front of your eyes, your football life? No, nah, I was just uh, focused on getting off the field because my dad always told me when I'm when I got hurt as a as a kid uh, playing football when I was younger, he was just uh, he just always told me to do do whatever you can to get off the field. So I was really trying to get up and get off the field, but I, I couldn't walk, so I just stayed down and then talked to the trainers. And as time went on, it just the pain got less and less. So I just I knew I just had to throw on the, the bigger knee brace to go out there and uh, finish the game. But you didn't have any really real idea when you were down how serious it was. Were you thinking, oh, my gosh, is this the season? No. I don't really have those thoughts. Yeah, I don't really have, like, negative negative thoughts like that. I mean, I just was hoping I could get back on the field. And um, I knew how big the game was, so really it was it was going to be uh, kind of hard, like a big injury for me to not actually get back out there and play. So um, I, I really wasn't worried about the injury. I was, I was just worried about getting uh, back on the field as fast as, as, fast as possible. Justin, had you experimented with any of those other knee braces last week before the game? Had you had that big one on before? Uh, I had the big one on uh, for Tuesdays and Wednesday practice, and then I wore the the one I started the game off with on Thursday, so I was just kind of getting used to those. And this probably is just annoying to talk about knee braces, but like, mm-hmm. do you think that you know that big one limits you in some way? Are you comfortable I mean, with it? Yeah, it, it definitely uh, limits you from running. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to stay safe when you're behind the pocket. So it's kind of a, it's like it's either you want to be limited or you want to be safe. So you kind of just have to uh, know what's more important. Justin, we're asking you all these questions, and, and you just seem to take it in stride. That maybe you get you get hurt. That's just part of being an athlete, and you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Is is that how you really think about it? That it's just it's not that big a deal, and this is just what it means to be an elite athlete. That this is. This is part of it? I mean, I just go about life. Uh, pretty much uh, everything happens for a reason, uh, and God has a plan. So when bad things happen in my life, I really don't stress over it. I just kind of go with the flow and just uh, just uh, lean on God to, to help me out. So I don't really get sad or down about things. I mean, if I would have tore my ACL, I, I would be the same way right now. So um, I just that's, that's just how I go about life in general, really. And with what you guys have coming the rest of the season, it probably looks like that You'll play indoors mm-hmm. the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, this offense, how how much do you feel like it might be built to be a team that could succeed offensively in great, perfect conditions? Um, I, I don't really think that um, like the weather really um, affects our offense. Really, of course, if it may rain, it, we might have to run the ball a little bit more. If it may snow or different weather conditions, but I feel like the offense will pretty uh, will pretty much be the same as it was at the beginning of the season or these past few weeks, really. I don't think the indoor weather will really change our offense and how uh, Coach Day calls the plays. Front row right. Bill from the dispatch. Yeah. Justin, how is the knee now? And do you, uh, what are your thoughts on whether it might affect you this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it hurts right now, of course, but I'm just going to try to get in the training room as, as much as possible and um, uh, try to get back by Saturday. Any concern it will affect you on Saturday? Um, I mean... In my mind, I'm playing on Saturday, so I don't care how much it hurts. I'm, I'm playing whether it hurts or not, really. So, yeah. uh, Right next door, Joey from the dispatch. Do you think you'll have to wear the bigger brace, or do you not know yet? I'm going to wear it this week. And uh, just following up on some of the stuff about playing indoors, it seems like the wind and rain would make it much harder to, to pass in some of the deep ball stuff. Mm-hmm. Does that have an effect? I mean, Yeah, it definitely has an effect. I mean... I think the the ball to Garrett Wilson, uh, the deep post I threw uh, this past weekend, I think uh, the wind definitely affected that ball. So I w- I'm just glad he, he was able to track it. But um, I think it slowed it down a little bit. So um, just being indoors, it'll 
uh, definitely affected ball. But again, I mean, uh, both teams have to play with the conditions, so I'm not really worried about like the really conditions like that. Coach Day always says just handle it better better than the other team does, and that's what we have to do every game. What about that pass to, to Chris Olave? Kind of, I think it was like in the first quarter. First I don't quarter. think it was windy when that windy on that drive. <clears throat> I think the wind was going with it, so it really the ball it really didn't affect that ball. So. 400's question about the Braves, but you said it limits you as a runner. Do you feel like it provides maybe extra stability in passing as far as plant leg? Does it help you there at all? Um, it doesn't. Like, it just, I, I just feel more secure with it on, especially with my knee being as it is right now. Um, but yeah, I definitely can't run as fast and I definitely won't be able to be as mobile. So, um, but I, I know the most important thing is um, just, just being safe back there and uh, just, just staying healthy. So, um, not saying that I need to use my feet to win the game, but um, uh, I just just have to wear it just to keep my knee safe. Ryan Day has talked multiple times about being impressed with your toughness, but I think you said something the other after the game about the expectation he has as far as your toughness. Was there something as you guys are getting to learn each other, get to know each other? Did you feel like you had to kind of raise your level or show him something there? Or are you kind of trying to prove a toughness to your coach in some ways? Uh, no, not really. I'm just really trying to prove to my teammates. I mean, I think, and, and the coaches really, I, I just feel like uh, everybody needs to, needs to know. And I've just been a leader on this team. Uh, I, I feel like me showing the toughness, that'll bring out the toughness in them. So if they see me being tough then that'll uh, make the overall team better and uh, be tough and then we'll, we'll be better overall. So that's kind of why I, I do what I do really. Letterman yeah, just real quick, uh, you, you're not a, probably weren't aware of this, but I mean, a lot of people think that play, you come out of the tent <laughs> with mm-hmm. your new brace on, you go back in the game, and then you throw, you basically execute one of the more remarkable plays in Ohio State-Michigan game history. What was it like being in that moment, and as you look back on it, what how remarkable was that play? Looking back, like during, during it, uh, I really didn't think of it as that much, but like lo- actually looking back on it, uh, it was definitely a remarkable play, and um uh, a magical play so um but but actually like after it happened I, I it really didn't hit me like that it was the first play that I came back in I was just just got, got in the game and started playing playing football so but uh not not till after the fact it happened until after the games was when I actually noticed like wow it was actually like the first play I, I, I was back in so yeah you know and then post game first time you guys played Wisconsin you know you remember saying that you thought y'all could have scored 50 if the weather had been better mm-hmm. do you do you still kind of stand by that obviously this will be a different challenge yeah the what is it that just really got going for you guys as that game went along? Um, I just think the the energy we brought to the table, and then uh, how well our defense was playing, and Chase was of course went off that game. So uh, just the, just the creating turnovers, what Chase did, and uh, the, the defense did, and I think the offense did a good job rolling that game. Amen. Okay, great. Okay, final question. Uh, third row right, Rob from the dispatch. Yeah, one more technical question about the knee. Um, it affects your running, obviously. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like it affected your throwing in that game, but does it? I mean, it's a plant leg. Do you see anything? Is there any pain? Uh, I don't think it it affects throwing at all, to be honest with you. Um, and then, I mean, in the game, you can't really worry about what's what's on your body. You just have to kind of go out there and uh, worry about scoring and, and putting points up on the board. So just having the stuff around, uh, like knee brace or different shoulder brace or whatever, I don't think that, that affects playing. I mean, it might... Uh, a little extent, but at the end of the day, you have to go out there and make plays. So, and that's that's what I I feel like our whole uh, team has to do, really. So, worry about throwing off the back leg or anything. Nah. Okay. Justin, thank you very much. Thanks.